Welcome to the Give Back Economy, a podcast about social innovation and social enterprise. Now with your host, Peter Miller. And today we're going to Lagos, Nigeria, to talk to Bolani Adewole. So welcome and thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Peter. It's okay. a pleasure. Let's, let's start with your academic background. Where did you go to school? I went to school in Lagos, Nigeria. So I grew up in Lagos, Nigeria. My first education, my primary education was in Lagos, Nigeria, and so was my secondary, and my college as well was in Lagos, Nigeria. Then after I finished, the, well, so in Lagos, Nigeria, in college, I qualified as a lawyer, and I practiced as a legal practitioner for a couple of years, and I just did not feel as fulfilled as I needed to be, and then I crossed over to the UK. And in the UK, I, stu- I, I studied Montessori, so it was um, the Montessori philosophy, learning how to work with children. And I was in the UK for, I think, about three years. First was the course I did for a year um, at St. Nicholas Montessori Center. And then I worked with children briefly in the UK and then came back to Nigeria. And then in Nigeria, I started working in a school, um, regular, typical, traditional school. I worked in Nigeria for a couple of years. And then I got married to my husband, who's also on this call. And he, at the time, lived in the U.S. So I moved over to the U.S. with him, and we stayed in Maryland for five years. And then we finally came back to Nigeria in 2003. And um, then we started the school, the Learning Place Montessori School. And, well, that's, that's about my academic. Everything else will be my experience. Or should I just carry on? Well, what I want to know more about is, Besides the Montessori, what other work have you done? Yes. So I've also qualified in um, ABA, which is the Applied Behavior Analysis. I qualified with the um, Florida Institute of Technology. And with that, I, I worked, I've worked with children with special needs across board as a behavior analyst. And also, um, I, well, I think the first time I, I qualified as an advanced certified autism specialist from a school also in the U.S. called IBCCES. I believe it's International Board of Credentialing and something. Anyways, IBCCES, they're in the U.S. So with them, I certified as an autism specialist, and I have done um, that renewal of my license for the past, I think, for the past six years. So I have done it three times now. So I keep doing the test every two years. Um, like the qualification, exact, well, not qualification, just the reaccreditation, pretty much. So I do that every two years, and my last one was in January of this year, 2022. So, yes, I, have, I work as a behavior analyst. So I stopped working as a lawyer many years ago. I have worked with children now for about, um, since 1995. So that's what I've done. I've worked with typical as well as neurotypical children, and I always tell people that I've worked on three continents, in the UK, the US, and in Africa. So that's who I am. So, but right, right now, I work as a behavior analyst pretty much and as um, the head of a school, the Montessori School, but I don't work in class in the Montessori School. I just head the school as the school director. But I work 
with children with autism at the center and as a behavior analyst. So that's what I pretty much do on a day-to-day -day basis at this time. So you speak a lot of languages. Unfortunately not. I speak, um, I think, two languages pretty well. And I know a little bit of a third. So I, I speak English well. I speak my language. My um, native language is called Yoruba. I speak Yoruba, which is a, one of the Nigerian languages. And I also speak a little bit of French, very little bit of French. So that those are the main lang uh, the languages that I spoke. I wish I could speak more. Obona Premidi. So having said that, yes. tell us a little more about the school. How many students yes. and what kind of classes? Okay, so which school do you want to hear about? Because I run two schools. So there's the Montessori School and there is the Center for Children with Autism. Okay, let's start with the Center for Autism. Okay, so the Center started in 2010. It's called the Learning Place Center. Um, Learning Place Center is a day school, like I said, for boys and girls with autism age 12, age 1 to 12. We have um, our main philosophy, we use the ABA philosophy, so it's mostly about the behavior. So we work with them targeting the behavior, the antecedents, the behavior, the consequence, and all of that. We have um, three segments at the center. We have the segment for the, we call it the lower tier. Now, the lower tier consists of children aged two to eight, and then we have the intermediate. Intermediate consists of children aged eight to 10, and then we have the upper level, which is the children aged 10 to 12. So we have them in that, seg that kind of segment. We do a lot of one-on-one -on -one sessions. So the maximum number of clients that we can have at the center is 40. And um, at the moment, I think we have about 36. We have 30, yeah, we have about 36 of them. And so we're very busy. We're very, very busy at the center. Um, sometimes we're a bit overwhelmed because we just, and, and the skill set, getting the skill sets to work with those children in Nigeria is not so easy as you would imagine. So we always have to go out to places like Canada or the US or the UK to seek assistance, you know, for people to train our staff and um, you know, just follow up on making sure that they're doing the right thing. We believe so much in best practice, so we're always striving for you know the trending practice in the world. Anything that's globally acceptable, we like to you know latch on as well. So that's pretty much who we are. What else would I need to tell you about? So the center offers besides the ABA, we also offer speech therapy, we offer occupational therapy. We offer physical therapy and we do water water therapy as well, hydrotherapy with the clients that come to the center. We do arts and crafts, just different things to keep them going. We do um, an assessment. So we also have a team at the center, although they're outsourced, they don't work for us. So we have a team of specialists that we use for diagnosis. So if someone comes to the center telling us there's something wrong with their child, we would reach out to the team members. So there are normally four of us on the team that do an assessment. It consists of um, a, a, a pediatrician, a child psychologist, or a child psychiatrist. And we have a speech and language pathologist and a behavior analyst. So all four of us sit together and assess the child at the same time with the parents also in the room. 
And at the end of the day, we give them a report and the report would have recommendations on what to do with their children. And with the recommendations, we then would have a meeting with the parents. The meeting is called the IEP meeting, which is the individual educational plan meeting that we have with the parents. And at the meeting, we pretty much decide the, the line of action that we're going to use for the child, the program. We get the parents' wish list as well, what they would like to see. And we tell them what we feel the child should do based on the assessment that we have done. And we, we, we start therapy with the children. And over the years, so we started in 2010, like I said, so the center is 10 years, uh, sorry, 12 years old now. We turned 12 in May. And over the years, I would say that at least, at least a minimum of 1,800 clients have been through our doors at the center. And um, besides the children at our center, we also do a lot of um, charitable outreach within the Lagos State as well. So we work with the government um, at the grassroots. So we work with government schools, not the government, the government schools. So the government has, in, my, in the states that I'm in, I'm in Lagos State. In Lagos State, the government has 30, 32 inclusive units. And of the 32 inclusive units, um, well, <laughs> I don't know. We call them inclusive units. But to be honest with you, what is being done at the public um, sector isn't that you know, great. So we go in to support. We train the teachers on an annual basis. So for the past eight years, every April, in collaboration of the Autism Awareness Month, we always train Lagos State school teachers. So we ask them to send two from each school. So we train 64 people on an annual basis. So we've done this you know, every year. We still did it this April of 2022. And um, we, we adopted one of the Lagos State schools. And the school we adopted, we um, set up an occupational therapy center for them. And um, we also, well, with support, of course, this wasn't us. It wasn't our money. We got, so we were, um, for the occupational therapy, Heineken Africa Foundation actually supported us at the time. And, you know, they gave us some funds with which we did that. And we set up the playground. We, we stopped their library. But we didn't stop there. We have continued to go there every year because it's one thing to donate to Lagos State Schools and it's another thing for them to use what you send to them. So because we want them to actually implement, we never really left them alone. So we go back there every now and again. Where um, So the training that we do for the Lagos State Schools, we actually hold it at the school we adopted every year. You know, It's also a government school, so we do that. And um, besides that, we do other charitable outreaches. We do diagnoses. Sometimes we do diagnosis free of charge. We do an en masse um, diagnosis. We go to public schools and just gather the children and we, we just see them and we recommend what to do. We have also trained parents at the grassroots. So parents in very, um, because it's very hard. Like I said earlier, we only have 40. So you can imagine with a population. Okay, so the World Health um, Organizations the research proves that we have 15% of our population with special needs. So in a country where we have over, I think, Adeyemi, how many are we in Nigeria? About 300 million? No, let's say 200 million, just to be... Okay, safe. so in a country where you have about 200 million people and 15% are living with special needs by World um, Health Organization's research imagine us working with only 40 in our center so you can still imagine how many more people need the services so what we decided to do our model 
is to train the parents at the grassroots because we know they can't afford the services and we can't be everywhere. So the way we felt to um, work with them is to empower the, um, the, the mothers or the fathers, whoever is willing to come for the training. We show them techniques to use with their children, just very simple things. And then we also um, augment the materials. So for materials that they, um, if we have materials that we have probably gotten from somebody that has donated to us from the US or from the UK, we find the local equivalent. So if it's um, numerals and counters, we're looking for seeds, fruit seeds, you know, in, in Lagos, and we're using it to train them. So we just try to make them also be able to work with their children as best as they can. And we go there as often as we can, but we don't think we do enough. We wish we could do more, but it's just the capacity we have. And we have a government that does not provide for special needs at all. And that is the sad, that's the sad truth that we have in this one. And that's one of the reasons why we went after the government schools, because we thought if we're doing charity, it better make sense. You know, there's no point trying to do charity with people who already can, you know, can afford things. So that's why we hit the government schools. And we've adopted one. Our goal in the next two years, hopefully we would adopt a second one, because the one we've adopted is doing pretty well now. And, you know, we they actually refer to it as a template. So we let people go there and check it out as, um, you know, a benchmark for what we can actually do. So I think we might be right for a second school now. So we'll take another one pretty soon to add to the ones that we actually support. I don't I, know if I've said enough. I think you should be uh, having 10 schools. <laughs> oh, 10 schools. I wish. That Honestly, would be much I better. Could, if I could, I would, but... It, it, just, it takes a lot. It takes human capital. It takes capacity building. It takes the funding. It takes the availability of materials. It takes the support of the government. You'll, you'll be surprised, or oh, well, it'll be interesting for you to know that sometimes to even work with the government schools, you have to pay the government to work with their schools. You know, the schools that we train, the schools, the, um, the Lagos State schools that we train, we provide all the training materials, and guess what? This year, they made us pay for their transportation as well to get there. So we had to pay every single attendee that came, every single delegate that attended that training. We actually paid them some money to get them there and back. So if you think about those types of things, it can be very frustrating and annoying because you think you've gone all the way to seek specialists to train because they actually had to pay the specialists as well. Well, I'm well, I'm well I'm Yes, yes. Uh, uh, I think I'll be the moderator here. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So that he can keep on track. Yeah. Okay. Okay, yeah. You know, you know, I get very passionate about this. And that's, that's what's really important. So having said that, where do you get your funding for the schools? And do you have partners? Well, yes. Well, when I say partners, the kind of partners we have would be the Heineken Africa Foundation that I talked about earlier. Um, we get our funding primarily from the Montessori school. So the, prim the most of the funds we use are from the Montessori school is um, is a limited liability, but the center is um, a non-governmental an NGO. So the center doesn't. So the school funds the center. So that's pretty much. And then we get support from outside. I mean, well, we seek support. The only other people that have ever supported us have been the. Um, a Action, they're actually based in Chicago. They have donated materials to us. They came to Nigeria. 
for I think about seven days in 2013. They were with us at the center showing us what to do. And they followed up with us for a number of years as well. And um, who else? Am I forgetting anybody else that has supported us, Demi? So uh, individuals, individuals. Oh yes, we have. Okay, yes, we have had. We have had. Okay, so we get a, a, a lot of funding from friends and family. Okay, so yes, we've had individual, and we've had a few corporate organizations as well. So I must say that we ha we've had some banks. Some banks will donate to us. You know, when we have like autism events, they'll donate different things to us. We've had a bank before that donated, you know, some materials that we used at the Maryland School. So yes, bits and pieces from different, you know, places like that. But there's no steady. It's not like we have one steady um, funding platform where we get funds from. No, we just kind of we're all over the place, seeking here and there. Okay, Blani, three years from today. What are the two schools going to look like? Hmm. Three years from today, the two schools, uh, I'll talk about TLP Center first. So TLP Center just launched another baby in April of this year. So this the baby we launched is called the Learning Innovation Academy. That's a different, it's also for people with special needs, but it's different. So. It's uh, it's challenging. Blinding, okay, yeah, it is. Okay. Yes. So, so what we hope to see is TLP Center and TLIA growing. TLP Center. What we hope to see with TLP Center will be a place where they have their own building because even now TLP Center still shares a building with the school, with the with the learning place um, Montessori school. So, we would like for TLP Center to have their own building. We would like to have turned out many more twice exceptional children, people who have um, who, who are identified as talented as opposed to being identified as people with disabilities. The, um, we hope that in two years, the Learning Innovation Academy would have grown to a point where we have started to place the individuals at the academy at um, jobs and employment. So the academy is for older children, well, older adults, young adults, I keep calling them children. But really, the academy is for 18, year, 18 years and above. So 18 to 25-year-olds will be at the academy, and they're the ones that um, we hope to teach entrepreneurial skills, as well as um, just find out what their talents are and be able to develop their talents further. And, um, you know, just give them the space. So this is, it's a new baby. We just birthed this barely two months ago. And it's, it's, it hasn't fully started. We plan to start operations fully in January. So part of what we'd like to see in two years is the TLIA standing firm. And is a well-known establishment for the twice exceptional. And a place where people are sending, um, they're, they're reaching out to us to get them to come and place them at jobs. So we do like a consultation where we, we know the right fit for which market and we're able to place them. And on their own path, these twice exceptional people are fulfilled. You know, they're able to earn a living, to earn an income, live functional lives using their own innate skills. So that's pretty much what we'd like to see. Um, Demi, did I miss anything else? So, Balani, in terms of... Yeah. Uh, 
going forward, what what do you need besides money to make it happen? We need people to train us besides money. I mean, I'll say the most important thing we need now is um, a good and properly set up institution. So the, the greatest desire for us now is to get it right. It will be something where, um, you know, people can actually liken it to what happens internationally. Like the Montessori School. The Montessori School is very much established. And I would say that, okay, so another, you had asked a question earlier about the two organizations. I only told you about one. So the Montessori School is um, 18 years in September of this year. So that we're going to become an adult. <laughs> now, um, with the Montessori School, we are members of various associations, including the American Montessori Society. So with that, we're able to get the best practice and we know the materials, and we've partnered with other schools in Ghana, schools in the USA as well, that help us. So the Montessori School is doing very well, even on the international platform. AMS knows us. Montessori uh, Model United Nations, they know us because we've taken our students there to New York for, um, for the conference, the Montessori Model United Nations conference um, a few times. And with this, uh, with this also, we got um, funding for them to come up. But what I mean is they have been recognized to the point where we're doing well. So we want the center also and the academy to be in that sort of position where they're doing well. So what we really would need is having the kind of backing we have at the school for the center and for the academy such that we are known in other parts of the world. We can actually take our students out to other parts of the world and people from other parts of the world can actually send people here to us and we know that we're doing the right thing in the best way. So Bilani, with the pandemic, have any of your programs gone online? Oh yes. Oh yes, definitely. The um the Montessori school definitely went online. And it went online um within two days actually of them shutting down the school. They shut us down on the twenty third of March, twenty twenty. And by the 26th of March, which was the Monday after, we were already online and um, we started the online classes. So we have always used the software at the, at the school called the Monastery Compass, which we got from AMS. So AMS had already exposed us to some, it's like a portal. So we already understood how to navigate our way around. So when the pandemic hit, it was easy to move the school on. However, with the center, we struggled. We struggled a great deal because um, first, there are different types of children and with them, their attention span is only so much. So it was very difficult, but over time, before we, they got us back to school, quite a number of the clients at the center, not all though, I'll say 40% of the clients at the center signed up, they started attending the um, online classes as well. But now that the pandemic, well, we're back at school, I won't say the pandemic is completely over, but now that we're back in physical school, we still haven't given up on the online classes because we don't know what's coming next. We're already trying to stay a step ahead of any pandemic that comes ever again. So we are not ever shutting down the online platforms that we started to use. If anything, we're trying to enhance them some more to make them more developed. We just moved the school to um, Google Suite. We used to use Zoom for the online classes, but now we use the Google Educational Suite. 
which has all sorts of different classrooms and different materials. So we're looking for ways to make it even better. Like um, whenever there's a, an instant shutdown of school, we are able to still attend school online. So yes, we have gone online with both our programs, but the center, we haven't gone online with it as well as we've gone online with the Montessori school. Okay, Lani, I, I have a final question. Do you yeah. have websites for both the organizations? Do we have what? Websites. We have, we have a website for the um, Montessori school. The website for the center was hacked recently, so we're currently rebuilding. But, so we do have, we had websites for both, but right now the um, active website is the one for the Montessori school, the learning place, that's just what it is. The Learning Place Montessori School. You'll find that as a website, but the, the Learning Place Center is currently coming up. It should be up within the next two weeks. We had to rebuild from scratch because we were hacked. Okay. So is there a name for the center website? Yes, it's, yes, it's TLP Center. TLP Center. So that's the Learning Place Center, but we just shortened it to TLP Center. So online we're called TLP Center. Hold and on. We have, um, Yes, we have Hold social media present. TLP Sorry? dot what? Center. TLP Center. The center is um, C-E-N-T-R-E. Yeah. Dot com yes. or? Dot com. TLP Center dot com. Okay. Oh, that's great. But we have, um, we have social media present. We're on Instagram and we're on Facebook as well. Okay for both organizations, and that hasn't been hacked. So um, TLP Center can be found on Instagram and on Facebook, but the website will be back up. But the website, this Montessori School can be found on the website as well as Twitter, um, Facebook, and Instagram. Well, Belani, you're doing some terrific work. You're passionate you. about what you do. Thank you. And uh, <laughs> you're making a difference. And you're giving Thank back you. to the community, and that's what makes the difference. Thank you. Thank you so much.